HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is proudly brought to you by Whole Foods Market. Visit WholeFoodsMarket.com or download the Whole Foods Market app to learn more and find the store nearest to you. Hey, thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network. This is Katie, HRN Executive Director, and I'm so excited to share with you our coverage from the Charleston Wine and Food Festival. We are here live today at Charleston Wine and Food. Join us as we talk all things food. Come to Charleston, eat some seafood. Eat all of the seafood. Chicken fried chicken with chorizo steak and salsa verde mashed potatoes. So quintessentially like Southern fare at its finest. And have important conversations. We're also talking about professional women in restaurants and how underrepresented they are. People of color in restaurants and how they're not talked about. We get real with Food Network's Manit Chohan. Balance is BS. <laughs> uh, I, I, I was, yeah, I was told that uh, I wasn't going to be bleeped out. And find out about raising sugarcane with Chef Sean Brock. It's like being Indiana Jones or something. You never know what you're going to find. You'll come away inspired by the power of food and the food scene in Charleston. Here's Dr. Jessica B. Harris. Food is constantly in flux. Food is always moving. Food is the only real lingua franca that we have that allows us to connect with other folks. So tune in to Heritage Radio Network on tour at heritageradionetwork.org or wherever you get your podcasts. You can't go wrong. Food Without Borders, a show about immigration, food, and politics on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host tonight, Leah Kurtz, and today we have in our studio Minnie Dingra, who's the founder of Samosa Shack, a vegan samosa business that's um, produced locally using the spices and flavors of India with local produce from uh, New York Upstate Farms. Welcome to the show, Minnie. Thank you. It's a pleasure to have you here. I met Minnie last summer at a vegan food festival where I tried her samosas and was instantly hooked and have had the pleasure of um, interviewing her before and writing about her um, for Edible Brooklyn. And so it's a pleasure to have her you know, back and to be able to talk about um, how she got her start in food and um, you know, how, sh- how it's kind of developed over the years since she's she's began. So, Minnie, you are originally from um, Kolkata, India, and by way of 
um, Buffalo, you came to New York, right? So can you talk maybe a little bit about um, what brought you here, um, you know, your background kind of growing up? Calcutta, born and raised, and um, went to graduate school in Buffalo. So spent 23 years of my life in India, Kolkata, as they call it now, and uh, then came here, Buffalo, for a couple of years, D.C., and then New York. Um, just grew up surrounded by food, Indian food, my mother's kitchen. Yeah, and did you um, cook as a child? Were you always interested in food? I kind of know the answer to this. It's a leading question, but it's a fun story. Uh, no, no. I was the, I'm the second of two girls, the middle child, and um, never. I was the tomboy, you know, cut my hair when my mother wanted me to grow it and just playing outside all the time. Whereas my sister was the one who took home ec in in school, and I don't even remember what I took, but it was always like math and just other things. Not not interested in cooking. So your trajectory to yeah food or being in the kitchen as a profession was not at all. No. <laughs> no. Um, and what did you did you cook? For yourself, at, like at what point when you came and moved um, to the U.S. for college? Like, how did you deal with being um, removed from the food that you had grown up eating? So initially, I was in the in the dorms, and it was a shared kitchen, limited, you know, resources, what you could do, what you could cook. But it was it was almost the the, the desire to make it feel like home. And nothing makes it feel like home more than food, you know. So I had my one pot. <laughs> You'd carry it to the common kitchen and cook and clean and bring it back. You kept it in your room. It was too... I had a roommate, so it was a tiny space. Wow, and had you been sent with, like, a masala dab or, like, your own so spices? I like did how bring did that a dabba because I had a lot of luggage, but I brought spices. And things that I knew I would like to cook you know, that I like to eat. Um, I had written down a few recipes with my mom and my, one of my aunts, um, but never really cooked before. Mm. I mean, I watched them cooking, so it wasn't, um, it wasn't intimidating. I was like, I can do this. You know, I've seen it all my life. And so watching and then applying was not, uh, not a, like a clunky process. It like, happened pretty pretty smoothly for yeah, you. Yeah, I mean, there were, I'm sure there was trial and errors and nobody else was eating it but me, so <laughs> it didn't matter. But um, I'm sure, you know, it was it was a journey to getting it to the right taste, taste of home. Right. Yeah. And, well, and you grew up vegetarian, correct? Most part. Not, not from the very beginning, but most part, yes. And was that difficult, living in Buffalo? In the, you know, like a few decades ago, probably. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, was, it was my first time away from home. I lived at home during college, too. Um, and I was the first child to leave home. Like, my sister got married and moved 10 minutes away from where we grew up. 
and um, and it was a little bit of a battle moving. You know, my father didn't want me to move this far away and all of that. Um, so it was a huge adjustment, uh, physically, mentally. I mean, the weather was crazy. Oh. Uh, so yeah, I think it was. I I think I was lucky to find my little circle there, um, non-Indians, but nevertheless my circle, and I still keep in touch with a couple of them. Oh, that's yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you studied... Um, I got an MBA yeah. in, in, with a concentration in market research, because I was always interested in numbers, so... Yeah. Which is useful now, <laughs> having from <laughs> business. But how did you how did you kind of get into that? Uh, going from having an MBA, working in business and analytics, and then like kind of what launched you into deciding to leave that behind and start making samosas? Uh, and how long ago was that? I was just gonna say it seems so long ago, but it wasn't that long ago. It was. Just about four years, not quite. It'll be four years this fall. So four years ago, summer, um, I was I had my own business, a consulting practice. Um, and um, I cooked for a friend's son who was going away to college in England. And uh, Mikey had sort of taken me to play golf, tried to teach me how to play golf a few times and all of that. And I wanted to have him over for dinner before he left. And I asked what he'd like to eat. And he said, can you make me samosas? And I'd never made a samosa before. You should buy them in India. They're just so easily available. Um, and I said, all right, I'm going to watch a YouTube video and try and figure this out. And I'm a huge one-pot meal person, so I said, I'm going to make a couple of different kinds of samosas and a salad. And so everybody who came for dinner that night actually ins were very insistent that I should seriously consider selling them. You know, they, wow, I after guess the first go. <laughs> God bless YouTube. <laughs> oh, I know, right? Um, and then I, I didn't believe any of it. So I said, um, I'm going to invite a different group of friends. And it was summer. You had a little bit of free time. I, I believe it was August. So I did the same exact menu a week later, next weekend. And I invited a completely different group of friends. And it was the same response. So one of my friends who was part of that group, uh, the second group said, let's, let's go to that. Irvington Farmer's Market, which is next to town over from where I live in Terrytown. And we went there and asked if I could come sell my samosas there. And, you know, they didn't have room. They had another Indian restaurant, local Indian restaurant coming there. So they thought we might be stepping on their toes. And so I just left my email address and went home. And I got an email a couple of weeks later asking if I could come to a, one of their sister farmer's markets in Trappaqua. And I had no name for my business, and uh, it was just me. So I stayed up all night, made 60 samosas, and uh, I dragged my 
11-year-old <laughs> then with me and said, we're going to the farmer's market. And I was just so, so nervous that everybody was going to laugh. And uh, we sold out in two hours. Wow. So that was probably pretty, like, affirming. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, it's it took a while to sink in that it's real. Like, really? It, I still sometimes sort of pinch myself, like, is this really happening? Yeah, and the name, uh, how did it come about? So we, the same friend who went with me to the farmer's market, um, we... You know, I brainstormed with her a little bit, and uh, it, there's. I always bought samosas at a little shack in Calcutta, mm-hmm. and I wanted something shack, and I, you know, the simplest and the fastest. <laughs> I came up with the name of Samosa Shack. Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> it works. It does work. <laughs> And then, so compared to that batch of 60 for samosas to now, like what, like what's the volume now and how many farmer's markets are you in? We depend, so busy season, which will be right about end of this month, beginning of April, most of the markets get like opening day, end of April, beginning of May, um, do anywhere from about 1,500 to 2,500 a week. Um, we have some big, you know, festivals coming up. So depending on that, we might go to about three, but that's the max we can crank out. Um, and we do a few farmer's markets. We're in Manhattan at um, Morningside Park. Down to Earth, mar- mar- down to Earth markets, and also with them in Park Slope, Brooklyn. We do a market with them in Larchmont. We're in Westchester County. I do the local Terrytown and Sleepy Hollow Farmers Market because I live there, and it's yeah, fun. you gotta stay true. <laughs> <laughs> do, do. Um, we do a few markets, and we do a lot of vegan pop-ups. Of which there are many and, and growing. Yeah, no, every, it's every just year. amazing how much uh, it's like, and we're confined to the tri-state area, but like New Jersey's just kind of caught us by surprise. <laughs> like It's just so much of a need and they just seem like they were ready wow. for it. Wow. Well, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and get a little bit deeper into the actual, like the recipes, the food that you make, where you source it from and uh, what's coming up on the horizon for Samosa Shack. We'll be right back. Today's program is brought to you by Whole Foods Market. From papayas and samosas to reishi mushrooms, if it's something that sounds delicious, chances are you'll find the freshest, best version of it at Whole Foods Market. They have more than 400 stores across the country, so if you consider pizza its own food group or just can't imagine when avocado toast wasn't a thing, Whole Foods Market has you covered. Visit WholeFoodsMarket.com to find a store near you. Whole Foods Market. Whatever makes you whole. Whole. 
Welcome back to Food Without Borders, a show about food, politics, and identity. I'm your host tonight, Leah Kurtz, and today I have in the studio with me Minnie Dingra. She's the owner of Samosa Shack, a vegan samosa company that um, sources local produce from farms um, in upstate New York, but blends that with uh, flavors from India. Um, we've just been discussing kind of Minnie's start into um, having her own food business. And I kind of wanted to talk a little bit more about what you actually make because the combinations of, um, you know, what you can find in the farmer's markets and your connections with Farms Upstate um, and then your own incredible talent for um, imaginative, wonderful, delicious flavors. I can say this with confidence because I've had many of them. <laughs> um, it's it's always surprising and just like, yeah, that sounds incredible. So talk a little bit about how maybe you go about that process of planning your menus and deciding what to make and where you draw inspiration from the most. I'm, I'm constantly at the farmer's market, so I'm surrounded by fresh produce, fresh vegetables, and what's in season, obviously. And um, I think it, just walking around and being there uh, sort of just starts, you know, the ideas in my head. I'm sure, you know, that's the inspiration. But then you start thinking about, I go back to my comfort. Like, what, what can I make for... Example, for example, this week we made, uh, and this is usually with our weekly special, um, we did a parsnip black-eyed curry, black-eyed peas curry. Mm. And um, I'm used to the black-eyed peas curry. It's a lobia, North Indian, Punjabi style. Um, but then you think about what, what can I add to it texturally, flavor-wise, you know, sort of just, and the parsnips are there. It's, there's not a huge variety of vegetables at this time of the year. We're past the squash, but not quite yet at the cauliflower <laughs> right. and all of that. It's a bleak time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's beets, I saw, rutabaga, parsnips, um, carrots. We did carrots, we did beets. I, uh, this year, I haven't done rutabaga yet. So we'd done almost all of them. So I, it, it, just the variety, keep changing it up. So pers- And I almost feel like I, I want to use all of that. I don't want to feel left out, you know. We're there and I maybe not at the farmer's markets, but generally in the food world, I'm seeing other people use it. So why not in an Indian samosa? Yeah. So just the parsnips were perfect. You know, they were roasted with chaat masala. They're a little sweet. And uh, and then we incorporate it into the lobia. Mm-hmm. I mean, just careful also that we have to put it into a samosa. So I can't get too, too crazy, but I try and get crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and where do you uh, get your spices from? That's something you probably can't easily procure yeah, <laughs> at the farmer's yeah. market. Um, no, we don't get any of our spices from our farmer's market. We are starting, so it was started with my local Indian store, but we're starting to move over to a very um, hyper-local spice company. Amazing. Uh, Burlap and Barrels, started by Ethan. Um, we, I tried his turmeric. And he sent me samples, turmeric, cardamom, and chili powder. And 
my food has never tasted the same. Wow. So we're sourcing spices from them, um, vegetables. This is what is exciting this season. So we've been getting organic vegetables from um, a local farmer that I met at one of my farmer's markets, Ramsey, New Jersey. That's one of the markets we do. Um, Blooming Hill Farm. up. Um, it's Blooming Hill, New York, I guess they're in. Um, Guy Jones is the original farmer. Pretty big operation. He supplies to like Union Square Cafe. And so we're the smallest delivery for him, but he comes to Terrytown on Wednesdays for a few restaurants. So he brings to us, but even more exciting than that, one of my one of our local farmers who I've gotten to know through this food process is growing some Indian vegetables for me. Oh wow. Oh that's fun. She's got green chickpeas, so she's gonna harvest them, you know, when they're just green. Um, she's doing some Indian squashes, a bitter gourd. Fenugreek is what I've been begging her to do. Because I use dry fenugreek now. And it just doesn't taste not the same the as same. fresh. Yeah. Oh wow. Oh that's exciting. It is, yeah. This will be the first year and she's doing it specially for us. Deb Taft at Mobius Fields. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and it, I mean, you've built quite a wonderful community, right? Just, I mean, I, I don't know how many friends you had that were farmers and, no. you know, in the food world prior <laughs> to us starting this business, but it's kind of neat to you know, have all these little connections that are kind of not just, you know, meeting a need and helping you prepare samosas, but truly a good support system, I'm sure. And the familiar face kind of maybe you need at the farmer's market yeah, or yeah, no. at, the, at the food events to lift your spirit or. Yeah, no, it's it's absolutely amazing. We've built little pockets of, you know, so the far we have our little farmer's market world. Then we have our, you know, vegan pop up. Uh, we don't come across a lot of vegan businesses at the farmers markets, but then we see them when we do all the pop-ups. You know, we do vegan market here in Bushwick, Brooklyn. It's once a month. Um, we do um, a bunch of them. New Jersey Veg Fest. We started uh, with Morristown. Now we're in Asbury Park. She is just exploding. She's just a year old. Kendra and Marissa. Wow. Two. Ladies dedicated, uh, you know, to spreading vegan food, good vegan food. Yeah. So we have all these little pockets that we've kind of somehow coalesced, you know. Um, and you go here, and you go there. <laughs> You're in the center of that Venn diagram. Yeah. And it yeah. is kind of funny. You would think there would be more vegan companies at the farmer's market. Like, that's what we yeah. eat their vegetables. I know, Where, I know. It why is, aren't they right? there? I guess it's yeah, just... <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's there's few, um, you know, condiments, like sauces mm -hmm. and stuff um, that are probably... I, I don't buy a lot of sauces and stuff because I cook. You're making it. Yeah. 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 Um, but so I'm not 100% sure, but I do feel like there might be a couple... Yeah, well, I know of like Barry's tempeh is. Yeah, um, he's like, there. Yes, yes, you're I know right. He, he pops up in Greenpoint at the and he Magoric comes to Farmers Market, and he too. does. Yeah, yeah, he gets he around. Does. Yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does. It's good tempeh. The original, yeah, very good. 
And it is kind of neat how, I mean, I know from before from talking to you that your parents are North Indian, but you grew up in East India and they probably did a similar thing that you're doing is bringing kind of like their own recipes and their own taste and kind of using what they have where they are and making it work and kind of like, I mean, do you find any commonality between what you're doing and maybe when you speak with your mother and you talk about, you know, you know, you kind of brainstorm recipes, like, is there any crossover there that you see between those two worlds? Yeah, a little bit. My father was not very much into Bengali food. He was, um, Bengali food tends to be, you know, less on the heavy on the spices. It's, they even use sugar in some of their savory dishes. So like the dal, for example, will be a little bit sweeter than mm. a North Indian dal. Um, but my mom sort of brought some, of, so she cooks a lot with mustard, which is not a North Indian thing, but it's a completely Bengali sort of um, way to, you know, there's mustard sauce. So they're very famous for their fish in mustard sauce because it's so easily available. Um, but she brought, you know, she makes a mustardy kind of potato dish, like a sabzi, um, which my father wasn't a big fan of, but we all enjoyed it. So it was made and it was served. Um, so I do see a he little bit. He had leftovers bit. that night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, I see a little bit of it. I think I, I mean, when I talk to my mom, she cringes a little bit. Like, what are you doing? You're putting this in that and that in this. Carrot so, kale what? <laughs> I know. Um, I made a, we did a pop-up at a distillery up in Hudson um, oh. a couple months ago. And we've been going once a month now. Um, we did for Valentine's Day, we did a halwa pie. And she's like, what are you doing? You're making halwa, which is perfectly fine. But then you're putting it in like a pie shower. <laughs> So uh, stretched it. I've stretched it a little bit, but uh, it still tastes good. That's all. I, that's what I tell her, Mom. It tasted good. <laughs> it tasted really good. Yeah, and I've had the pleasure of meeting your mother. She's yeah, absolutely delightful. Um, when she was visiting you and cooking together, and like, kind of, do you feel like you've taught her some things now? I mean, the the roles reversed yeah, in a way now that yeah. this is what you do for a living. Little bit. I still, she's still my go-to. You know, I can't get hold of, hold of her. Mom, call me. <laughs> um, but I, she sort of sees where I, you know, when we're when you're cooking in volume, that like I don't. She'll there's a certain way she chops, and and I'm like, mom we need to finish this like in an hour, <laughs> you know, it's that we don't have three hours. Um, so I don't take her a lot to my kitchen. Uh, you know, it's, it's sort of, we're moving at a fast pace, but the fun part has been recipe testing with her at home. Let's try this. Let's try that. Um, the last time she was here, um, and I had never cooked with jackfruit before, but oh. we played around with a jackfruit biryani. And now we bring it to all our vegan pop-ups. Oh, wow. And it's been so well-received. So well-received. That sounds incredible. I'll have to get you some. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and yeah, not only samosas. I know you do the bell puri when you um, often. When yeah, you do a always right? at all our events. But you're starting to introduce more like non-samosa foods. Yeah, yeah. That's so exciting. It's, you know, it 
people ask for it. We've started bringing chai to our uh, all our farmers markets. Um, we, you know, grind the chai spices ourselves. Uh, just what I drink at home every morning. And people are used to, you know, the concentrate, the chai syrup, which is not what chai is to me. Mm-hmm. So I've been talking about it for so long and talking about how, well, samosa and chai are the perfect combination. So mm. we finally started bringing that. Um, we started this winter, so we'll probably do like an iced yeah. chai version for the summer. Do you think you'll... Um do you think you'll maybe like start kind of incorporating that? I mean, like, like I know you make your own um, chutneys that you sell, like canned as well. But do you like does chai work that way for you? Like, would you consider packaging it? Or yeah, this- so we've been asked okay, now, okay. and I, I think you know we will eventually. There's just so much I can do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you're one woman. <laughs> Gosh. But One is, woman with a 15-year-old and a puppy, right? <laughs> but I'm sure that is inspiring for your daughter to see you kind of, um, you know, strike out on... I mean, like you said, you had your own business before doing consulting, but then starting in a brand new field, um, you know, later in life and kind of reinventing yourself. That's, that's you know, you're a very strong character for that. And uh, I'm sure that's something that's really inspiring as far as just like hey anything you want to do like you can kind of do it <laughs> yeah no she gets reminded about it a lot she doesn't say a lot about it but um no yeah I always you know where I my biggest story to her when she's nervous um and she's got that little bit of a nervous tendency you remember when we were going for our first farmer's market you know I was so afraid that everybody's gonna laugh at me and she's, she's been a part of it from day one, like it or not. She's <laughs> been here and there. I drag her along everywhere. And in the past few years, has, um, you know, like you're an immigrant family, like has that shifted at all with kind of like the way the political climate has kind of worsened in some ways? Have you, have you kind of experienced any of that being um, in such a public space, selling your, your samosas? I haven't experienced it personally, and maybe I've just been so lucky. Um, but I think the conversations have changed, even in our kitchen. Yeah, mm. I have a couple other people helping me, and we're all immigrants. So conversations between us, conversations with customers, conversations with my daughter at home, those have changed uh, dramatically. And what kind of can you maybe like extrapolate on that? Just so I, I, I feel it like I never felt it before um, that I am an immigrant. I mean, I'm. Well, we all are, but some of like, you know, being a yeah, more fresh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've been here for 20 years now. Yeah. But just. I I never had to sort of, uh, I probably had to remind myself before. And now it's just in your face. You know, so that feeling, you're just a little more guarded. and mm. But um, direct experience, and then conversations with my 15-year-old, there's always something on TV and we're talking usually in the car and 
what does this mean? What does that mean? Um, you know, why do we feel like this? And she was born here. So it's a different feeling for her. But then she hears all this from me and she probably senses some of it in me. So I, I, I've never been so conscious mm-hmm. of the fact that I am, you know, I came from a different country and I spent as much time in the other country or a little bit more as I have here. But all my formative years were in India. And and now that you've been here, like you said, almost equally as long, do you still do you feel equally American now as you do Indian? Do you is it kind of just like this duality that you live with or do you still feel like one Definitely, like you're definitely, you know, one is now maybe even more important to own and this like immigrant pride to kind of put that push back that's kind of needed. I think I'm always going to be Indian at heart. I mean, it depends on the day. Um, but for the most part, I'm Indian. Um, who is an American too? Yeah. And loves being here and loves being a part of society and my groups and my community and you know doing what I do because it connects me to who I really feel I am in my heart you know I'm Indian but that it changes day to day but that feeling stays you know that I am Indian yeah, and that's a good thing. That's a, that's a, yeah. <laughs> um, so where can we, like, find Samosa Shack uh. if we're both online, <laughs> on social media, and then the most importantly, like, in, you know, in real life? Because, you know, you can't taste the samosa on Instagram, <laughs> although it does look really good. <laughs> I have to quick share with you. So I get asked that question all the time. Where are you located? And I say, wherever you want us to be. So we travel around farmer's markets. Uh, We're in Brooklyn every Sunday by the Old Stonehouse Park Slope. Um, Saturdays, for the most part, we're in uh, Morningside Park. Um, We do some markets in Westchester, Larchmont on Saturdays. We do two markets that day. We do Terrytown Market on Saturdays. we do vegan pop-ups. So we do vegan market in Bushwick once a month. We do the whole um, circuit of New Jersey uh, vegan pop-ups, New Jersey Veg Fest. Um, started with Morristown last January, and now we're doing Asbury Park. There's, so these are all monthly, once a month. Uh, Morristown, Asbury Park. Um, we're starting one end of this month in Sayreville, New Jersey. We're going up to Worcester, Mass, to do New England Veg Fest. Wow. <laughs> this month, that'll be the part. The shack is getting around. <laughs> oh, gosh, <laughs> I don't know how I'll be driving, sleep driving, <laughs> but um, that'll be the farthest uh, we'll do. We'll do a big uh, Veg Fest at the Meadowlands in the fall. We'll do Vegan Street Fair again. Okay. There's Vegan Dale Festival coming up and on Randall's Island. Oh wow! We'll do that. So just you know. and you and you're pretty good about posting that on social media. I always yeah. post. So every Thursday. And what's your handle on uh, Samosa Shack NY? Okay. Um, every Thursday is our schedule, and then every Friday I post what's new, our weekly special, and I take you on the journey along with me. 
Oh, well, it's it's a beautiful one so far. <laughs> I can't wait to see what happens, how it grows, you know, bringing on the chai. Uh, <laughs> we're just just starting to think subconscious mind. I don't think it's reached my conscious of retail. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, because you're in a few um, vegan shops like Riverdale, which is a yeah, vegan we sell, cheese so shop. Yes, and yeah, there's we, some other places where your samosas we are do kind wholesale, of like yeah. hanging out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Actually, I just delivered to Riverdale before I came here yeah. to you. <laughs> yeah, all in one. And I've got some fresh uh, samosa filling. This is the parsnip and black eyed pea curry with me. I'm going to take home and enjoy. Oh. Um, Minnie, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's yeah. such a delight always to chat with you and to hear, you know, kind of more about both your background, but also um, what's going on because it's exciting. It is exciting. The and food world moves you. fast. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm not fast enough, but thank you so much for oh. having me. It's always fun to see you and talk about samosa shack yes well and thank you for listening this has been food without borders on heritage radio network uh tune in next week to hear a new episode at 6 30 p.m and have a wonderful evening Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.